This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Go With Yammo. Go With Yammo is an art exhibition app which helps you find the exhibitions and art events happening all around you. The app displays exhibitions based on your location, showing you the ones nearest you at the top of the list. If you're going on a trip, you can change your location to plan your art excursions accordingly. What makes the app really fun is when you're at an art exhibition, you can check in and earn points, which can then be used to redeem prizes from the in-app store, such as prints, exhibitions, books, and more. Go With Yammo also creates custom virtual exhibitions for galleries and artists. These, alongside exciting blog content, can be found via their extensive website. The app is free to download now. Make sure you visit their website at www.gowithyamo.com. That's www.g-o-w-i-t-h-y-a-m-o.com. joining us for this mini-series of Art in a Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Art in a Postcard. This series I will be speaking to some of the artists auctioning postcard-sized masterpieces in our upcoming mini-auction, curated by curator, collector and gallerist India Rose James. Today I am pleased to be speaking to London-based ceramicist Alma Burrows. Hi Alma, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, hello. My first main question is, where are you speaking to me from? Because it's much sunnier there than here. Um, I'm speaking from, to you from Guadalajara in Mexico, where I'm currently doing a two-month art residency at this incredible place called Ceramicasuro. Tell me a bit more about that. I haven't heard of them before. So Ceramicasuro is set up by this wonderful guy called Jose Noe, and he inherited the factory from his father, who I think before used it as like a sort of like very traditional ceramics factory, whereas Jose's turned it into, he works with incredible artists doing huge murals, he also invites artists to come along for a few months and gives them a space and a kiln and all the materials you could dream of and you just get to make and make in the sunshine. It's bliss. That's amazing. And are you working on anything in particular over there or is it just a time for just, you know, exploring? Um, I'm sort of just exploring. I think since I first started making ceramics, because everything's gone so amazingly fast um, within my career, very short career in ceramics. I'm just sort of taking the moment to be and to make and just to like explore new materials and explore new ideas and to see how my practice can evolve. I guess without the pressure of being in my studio in London and feeling like I need to make for the sake of paying the rent or, you know, for shows coming up. So it's actually quite wonderful. Get some weird stuff coming out of this. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. I think that's what everyone wants. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and uh, you are the first ceramicist as part of this series so far and I've loved looking even more into your work um, before we speak um, and as you've just touched on you haven't always been a ceramicist so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what led you into the practice and what sort of prompted you. Yeah um, god I've done so many things I was a pastry chef for a bit I worked in charity for a bit I've got a degree in youth work I studied fashion um, I think probably quite confused confused 20 year old trying to work out what I wanted um, but before doing ceramics, before doing ceramics, um, I was working at a members club in West London, um, and I quit just before lockdown because I sort of decided that I wanted to do something a bit more creative. And then everything got cancelled. All my job interviews got cancelled. I was like, oh my lord! And so I went down to Dorset to stay with my mum, and she's a wonderful ceramicist. And my two sisters were home, and 
I think I just sort of enjoyed having a moment to play. And I think I'd never really used ceramics before because it was my mum's thing. And I think trying to find my own identity within creativity. And so, yeah, so I just started playing and then playing and playing and playing. And it got to the point that my mum was like, you need to buy your own bags of clay and you need to get your own kiln and it's probably time for you to get your own space. So, yeah. Sounds like she wanted to get rid of you out of her studio. <laughs> <laughs> I think she loved it. But definitely, I mean, I can imagine even now, like, it's such a sacred space. Or for me, anyhow, it's such a sacred space. But yeah, I'm glad she pushed me. (laughs) It's worked out beautifully, otherwise we wouldn't be here today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so your ceramic sculptures are so intricate, you know, one of a kind. And I said to you before, they're sort of a direct reflection of kind of fleeting moments of life, like playful, sometimes really elaborate. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about your subjects and what you choose to do I think within my work I always want there to be I like the idea of there being a narrative of there being like a story to be told and whether that's like the story I know or the story someone else perceives within the work I like that I'd like it not being too obvious but I mean like say there's a wine cork and a condom and a joint and you're like okay someone's had like a sexy evening or if it's just like a pile of cigarettes, then for me, and he had this sort of like this idea of like anxiety, but also like endless chatting and just like sitting there. So I think definitely I enjoy there being a narrative. I think it's nice for it to tell a story as well, captures something. I think ashtrays do as well, ashtrays. Even if you like wake up in the morning and you look at an ashtray and it's disgusting, but it does sort of like capture something from that night, or at least the people who were there. And discussing people and like you say, these different narratives that come around it. Um, I said this to you before as well, but kind of maybe it's the post-COVID world, um, but your work often seems to pick like shared experiences. Like you say with cigarettes, it's often multiple of them. There's noughts and crosses, there's canapes. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? I think, I do think that's one of the reasons that so many people were able to relate to my work and whilst I was doing it in lockdown is because it was very much capturing something that was lacking and that was, and it was very nostalgic for a lot of people in the same way that I think cigarettes are incredibly nostalgic even nowadays. So yeah, I definitely do think there was that sort of thing of it capturing moments that had been and moments that we were sort of wanting. Absolutely, and that comes across exactly like you say, those missed opportunities, the missed sort of, yeah, sharing a cigarette, sharing a drink, just being around people in that kind of- Yeah, just hanging out with friends <laughs> wild <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so what where do these kind of ideas come from do you have a kind of like notebook you jot them down in do you take photographs or are they all completely from memory I have on my my notes on my phone is crazy I sort of if I have an idea I'll jot it down if I'm at a party sometimes I'll take a photo I take a photo more because I think it's hysterical I think rather than I guess eventually for inspiration but never sort of direct inspiration um but I carry these tiny notebooks sort of like passport size notebooks and a Moody pen 3.8 um and endlessly draw and jot ideas in that probably less than I would like to should definitely do it more but yeah I think that's the joy of being somewhere like Mexico is you do finally get to stop and start to draw again and sort of get back into a much healthier routine than maybe in London where you get distracted so I'm enjoying drawing and while being in Mexico have you have you noticed I know you've been there a week or so have you noticed different things like cropping up into your work not directly from the environment not yet I mean, I've been here for a week, so I'm sort of just getting over the jet lag. I feel normal. I'm past the like 5 a.m. wake ups. 
um, which is quite nice. But I'm working a lot with body parts. I'm really enjoying working with like human anatomy um, at the moment. I'm also, I'm really excited. I'm about to make like a giant, giant, giant ashtray um, because they're so fantastically technically skilled here. And so there's stuff which I couldn't do at home. So I'm getting them, I'm asking the throwers who apparently are two brothers. I haven't met them yet because they only come on a Monday and they were busy this Monday. But they're throwing me this giant ashtray, which I'm really excited about. More to see the size and to work with scale and to have a kiln. Like they've got kilns I can walk into, which is crazy. And they've got five of them. What? I've got a kiln and it's like, I mean, it's a hundred liters, but it's big. <laughs> but this is mental. That sounds incredible for your practice and just experimentation. Is is the this large, almost like bird bath ashtray, is it like a huge communal one or are the cigarettes going to be like massive like baguette size um I'm actually don't know I'm gonna so I'm gonna make two and try and play around with scale because it's something that I haven't I think I've worked very much to life size with my work at the moment or miniature because like miniature's hysterical um so <laughs> I kind of want to start working so I'm gonna do two and do one proportionally sized with the size to make it sort of like a normal size ashtray I just said size a lot but I hope you know what I mean and the other one I'm gonna fill with lots of life-size cigarettes so I don't know just play I'm just yeah have a moment to play with it I have to say one of my favorite of your works that involves cigarettes is the ones with the orange peel and the sort of cigarette butts in it because I love the sort of like fleshy like alive orange with this kind of like dead ash in it I think it's fantastic oh thanks yeah it's true I think putting anything alive in an ashtray because if you think about an ashtray you'll get like I mean other than like really disgusting limes limes and orange peel but otherwise everything's sort of man-made or ash it, yeah it's beautiful I love the orange peel it was really fun to make I one <laughs> I was making it one day and then suddenly I got the taste of orange whilst I was making it. It was like, <laughs> spun me out for a little bit. <laughs> Except that means the work is just so, so lifelike. <laughs> yeah, or I'm just losing it in orange peel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and another key theme coming off of orange peel is just this idea of food does come into work a lot, and especially eggs. Love eggs. I've seen quite a lot of. Is there a particular reason around the eggs or is it just this kind of like breakfast food? Breakfast is quite an intimate meal. Um. Why eggs? I mean, I love eggs. I think a fried egg is probably the best thing in the world. Fried fried egg on toast is like my dream meal. I also think there's something very, oh my God, what's the word? Um, but like, so sort of like classic and nostalgic and very sort of, it's almost like a cartoon image in your head, a fried egg. Like, what's the word? What's it called when you're like more nostalgic? Anyway, there's a word for it, but um, yeah. The imagery is classic and they're fucking, and they're delicious. So it's well. <laughs> I've seen your yeah. Sarah Lucas-esque pose as well with the two eggs. I know, what the hell? I know this is, um, yeah, that's funny. The really probably very uneducated thing about that is I actually didn't know who Sarah Lucas was or I hadn't seen that photo, but um, very, very funny. And I love it. And I love the sort of like joint and she's wonderful. I think that's wonderful that you didn't know and then must have seen it and been like, great minds. Yeah, also just slightly embarrassing. But anyway. (laughs) I wonder, um, do you have any sort of key moments in your career? Like you say, you've been a ceramicist since sort of lockdown. Do any key moments stick out for you? 
in your career so far? I think last year, I think last year there were two huge points for me. I think one was selling, I had a piece at Sotheby's in, um, in their female auction, which was crazy and a complete dream come true. And to have my work sitting among all of those people and to see it, it was the first time I'd seen my space, my work outside of my studio. I think it was the first time anyone was able to see my work outside of the studio. And that for me was a really huge and very important moment. And also like, I remember being terrified no one was going to bid on it. And then as soon as like the first few bids came in, I just broke down. I was like, I can't believe it. Okay. What, what was the other moment? Um, the other moment was Timothy Taylor put me in his summer show. Um, or I was put in Timothy Taylor's summer show. And that was really incredible, curated by Tarka Russell. And that was, I guess, another moment for me. Work, it was my first moment working with a gallery. And I guess it was for me, it was quite like a big moment of acceptance within the art world, also a chance to produce something more than one singular piece. So I think I actually created 49 pieces for it. And so to create this entire set and scene and for it to work in a way that I wanted it to was just pretty momentous. Momentous and just such a whirlwind. It's such a rollercoaster the last like couple of years for you. It's amazing. Wild. wild and like ups and downs and a lot of joy and a lot of none of it comes without anxiety but anxiety for the best reasons which is incredibly refreshing to be anxious because you're doing something that you love and I never like in my wildest dreams thought that I would be doing art I mean I always wanted to do art but I think so many people do so it's pretty amazing and for the reason that we're here obviously for art on a postcard and India has invited you I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you and India met what your relationship's like um so So I actually met India through my last job where I was working um in hospitality and she used to come in there so I met her that like that and then sort of stayed in touch and she's basically just like a pretty dreamy kind and generous and bought loads of my work from the very very beginning sort of when not many people were buying my work I think she bought a Sobrani ashtray from me Um, and since then has just been incredibly supportive of everything I do and made sure that I'm like invited and included in any projects that she has going on. That's really wonderful to hear and I have to say that when I spoke to India a few weeks ago and said, who should I invite in the podcast? You were the first name out of her mouth. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's very nice. And I know you previously produced ceramic postcards before, but I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what you've got planned um, for your donations to India's auction. Yeah, so I, before I, um, I made some ceramic postcards with this incredible artist called Rafeo, but for the ones I'm putting into this show, I'm actually just put in some solo cigarette butts um so I've got three little solo cigarette butts to place around wherever the house you may want um and yeah I really love them I love them just because you can put them anywhere and normally it's one of those things where like someone comes into the house and if if people haven't seen my artwork in real life even if I have like an ashtray they'll come in and be like oh my god oh you've got like a dirty ashtray here don't you know and you're like yes I know um whereas the cigarettes Weirdly, a lot of people who are non-smokers are normally like drawn to them most, I think, because you can sort of like put it on the mantelpiece or like down by the fire and it hidden secret sort of wears Wally of cigarettes in the house. I love them. I can't wait to see that as part of the auction. I think that would be really popular. Yeah, thank you. And so you talked a little bit about what you're doing now. We've talked a bit about, you know, your career so far. What does 2022 and beyond hold for you? What are you working towards? What should we look out for? um so this year I'm working towards a couple of different projects um I think I'm got so I've got a show coming up with 
Lucy, Lucy Belm, who owns um, Lamb Gallery. So I'm going to do a show with her, which is in central London, which is going to be all backgammon boards, which is really lovely. So she's been incredibly supportive towards me as well. Um, and I sell all my backgammon boards through her. So we're going to try and do the concept at the moment is to do a show where we have 10 boards, but also try and do backgammon competition within it so that people can come and play, which I think is a really important like topic that I like to have within my work is that element of play but also to be able to interact with it so that would be really fun um and also to play backgammon just the best game in the world and then I'm gonna do I got planned a sort of like quintessential English tea party with Sapling Gallery which is incredibly exciting and then a solo with Tristan Hall in autumn yeah so lots <laughs> a busy year so I'm just gonna sort of concentrate on all of that that's why it's quite nice to be here. I'm sort of testing and trialing and trying to work bigger and see what I can make. Before working towards all three shows when you come back, that's that's mega. It's a lot. It's a lot. I want to stay here. You said you're counting down when you're going to be going home now. I know. <laughs> it's good. And at this point, the podcast is before we um, sign off. Um, you often like to do sort of shout outs to people. So I wonder if there's anybody you'd like to shout out on this platform. Oh, my God. Um... Shout out to my mother, obviously my mother, um, the absolute queen supreme who still picks up my phone call probably twice a week whilst I call her complaining about cracks in my clay, even though she can't see it and she doesn't know what's wrong with it, but she still listens to me. Um, and then also just my wonderful sisters and my daddy, but that's about it. Just my family. I love them. Thank you. And are there any exhibitions you're particularly looking forward to this year that we should check out? Yes, I'm really looking forward to, there's the Francis Bacon, which I've got tickets for. As soon as I get back, I want to go. Um, and then the v &A are doing a Beatrix Potter, which is sort of one of my core inspirations, I think, for why I make ceramics is them. She did a book called The Two Bad Mice, which is really wonderful if you know it. It's all about these two naughty mice that break into a doll's house and they sort of like run havoc around the doll's house and they try and eat all of the ceramic food that's laid out really beautifully. And I always wanted to be in a doll's house. And so I'm really looking forward to like hopefully seeing the original illustrations of that. Oh wow, I'm gonna check that out. I didn't know that was coming up. Oh my God, yeah. Um, I can't remember when though. I don't think it's for a few months, but yeah, that's on. And also the Fabergé egg is on at the moment, which is just ridiculous, but quite fun to see. Brilliant. Thank you, Alma. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art and a Podcast. Please subscribe to us, share it with your loved ones and support us so that we can carry on these conversations.